Welcome. You are listening to a recording provided for the use of the blind and print impaired. Materials or items read on Airs LA are the copyright property of the original authors and publishers. No unauthorized use or duplication is permitted. I'm Ernesto Sambrano. Today's article is by Sam Schub from the July 2022 edition of GQ. Bayes Clan's Grand Plans, Part 2. Please note, this is a men's magazine, and as such, may include offensive topics or language. It turns out that building the future of entertainment requires occasionally putting on a pair of pants and going outside. And so, on an unseasonably hot Sunday earlier this year, the air veined with high-performance octane fuel, ten or so members of the Phase roster clustered on a small red carpet just inside the gates of the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. They had gathered to attend, of all things, the bush-like clash at the Coliseum, NASCAR's preseason exhibition race inside the 100-year-old stadium. The group seemed practice in the moves and poses of fame. Faze Santana kept his shearling jacket on for the photos before removing it in the heat. Faze Swag's diamond chain glinted in the sunlight. The Petite Montoya twins, Maya and Micah, who share a YouTube account with more than half a million followers and currently belong to the preparatory Faze Academy, arranged their thumb, index, and middle fingers into an F for Faze. Event photographers, picture takers employed by Faze Clan, and a few videographers kept on retainer by individual phase members all jockeyed for photos, which would promptly be blasted out to many of the more than half a billion followers the organization and its members claim across platforms. One preteen attendee took in the scene, slack-jawed, and tried to help his confused father understand what we were seeing. It's phase! It's phase! It's phase! If it seemed incongruous that approximately 40 members publicists, talent managers, executives, and assorted functionaries of a video game concern had gathered in L.A. to hype a NASCAR race. This was precisely the point. The group's attendance was part of a wide-reaching, years-in-the-making collaboration between FaZe and the racing organization. From NASCAR's perspective, the appeal was obvious. The clash at the Coliseum, from its high-intensity main event held on a shrunken track to the Pitbull concert that opened the proceedings, was engineered, yes, to energize longtime fans, but also to grow new ones. Tim Clark, NASCAR's Senior Vice President and Chief Digital Officer, told me on race day that FaZe Clan was on our radar because of the way that they were representing the brand, the audience that they were reaching, the content they were creating, the uniqueness of what they were doing. Initially, he wasn't sure what, exactly, the two companies would do together, but he knew this. They're engaged with an audience that we really want, meaning the under-25 crowd, who've demonstrated they're plenty willing to sit in one place and watch their favorite FaZe member stream Fortnite for hours, just as they hopefully one day would their favorite NASCAR driver. Clark shared a story that he'd heard about a family that had driven six hours to the Coliseum the previous day, not for the race itself, but for the pre-race meet-and-greet with FaZe members. There's a part of us, in our history, where we would have been uncomfortable with that, Clark said. Like, we want you to drive six hours to see the NASCAR race, but I think we're much more comfortable now having this broader halo set of relationships. That if you drive here six hours to see the phase guys, and then, oh, by the way, you stick around for a NASCAR race, great. We have to go where the fans are, and we can't dictate that it's going to be on our terms. As the race got underway, the phase contingent took their seats. Someone passed out phase red foam earplugs, which, in addition to the extraordinary din of the race, made conversation difficult. A few phase members posed for selfies. Staffers headed to the concourse and returned with armfuls of warm beers. Everybody looked at their phones. The race broke for a brief Ice Cube concert, and with all promotional duties done for the day, members were free to come and go as they pleased. One gamer headed for the exit, citing a need to get home and stream for his fans. 
for phase. Partnerships like these are useful in different ways. NASCAR is the perfect example of an audience that probably under-indexes on their understanding of FaZe Clan. Trink, the CEO, told me. When NASCAR does something with FaZe Clan, it says to all of the NASCAR fans, plus the business world at large, how important FaZe Clan is. That's a big part of how we have built our reputation and our place in the world, by sitting alongside. He'd put it to me this way previously. How do we build a bridge from gaming, which has been bastardized in this corner? How do we build a bridge to the real world? Because that's where all the money is. The deal with NASCAR was a bridge-building exercise. And though I'd long understood gaming to be an incomprehensible universe, an island off on its own, with an audience Fortune 500 CEOs were desperate to access, it was becoming clear that the industry was less a walled-off garden than a sort of substrate of lots of other industries. Gaming, FaZe's strategy head Kai Henry told me, is less a culture in and of itself than the glue between 1,000 cultures. This was what FaZe employees meant when they told me that the company was rooted in gaming culture. Even as I struggled to understand what they meant by that, or how that statement was still true, given all the non-gaming layers to their business. The closest analog, Henry suggested, was the culture surrounding cannabis. It made a certain sort of hyperstone sense. The guy who smokes a joint after work, and the one who does so at Bonnaroo while wearing a Bob Marley t-shirt, both, technically, participate in the same culture, just with different degrees of intensity. Companies interested in building bridges between those two communities had turned cannabis into a multi-billion dollar industry. Similar riches seemed all but guaranteed for the figures able to pull off the same trick with video games. But how to connect them under one banner? How does the casual gamer and the hardcore fan of phase videos amount to not just a viable business, but an unfathomable, untapped market? Inevitably, one answer seemed to lie around the corporeal corner, in the metaverse. Lots of companies are busy plotting ways to launch an NFT, or break into crypto, or embrace Web3. FaZe is bullish on what Web3 will mean for its business. At one point, Trink told me that it would be totally unsurprising if 10 years from now, 80 plus percent of FaZe's revenue was Web3 derived. Broadly speaking, Web3 refers to a new version of the internet that will operate according to the decentralized, ledger-based principles of the blockchain. Skeptics will tell you that Web3 tech doesn't yet deliver on its utopian promises and question whether it ever will. I will only say that I felt deeply, powerfully lost while listening to Trink, Henry, and many other FaZe members speak passionately of their hopes for Web3. And then, sitting in on a meeting of FaZe's creative and consumer products teams to discuss a few Web3 initiatives, I met Mint. Unlike the rest of his colleagues on the video call, his skin was seafoam green, and when he smiled, his brow wrinkled and flushed to a shade of blue-purple. He posed, stoic and unmoving, in three-quarter profile inside his zoom window, and took up enough of it to suggest that, if he had a body, it would measure in at seven or eight feet tall. Mint turned out to be a digital avatar operated by Tarek Mustafa, FaZe's head of creative tech Web3. Mustafa's story, as he recounted it to me a few days later, is in many ways emblematic of the promise of FaZe, and of some of the stranger paths the company might yet take. He went to school for architecture and ran his own creative agency for close to a decade, but eventually felt stymied by the way his work had come to feel standardized. On a lark, he put in an application for Phase 5, a recruitment challenge designed to enlist five new members, and while he fell out of the running while the field was culled to 20, he wound up with a slightly stranger prize, a job offer. And so, last spring, Mustafa and Mint established a beachhead within Phase from which they imagined the future. That future looks like a very weird place to the uninitiated, but it's plain as day to FaZe fans. Our audience, 
The people who are natively ingrained in the phase ecosystem see digital as priority, he explained. It's more important than their physical life. Some of these kids, the skins that they have in Fortnite are more important to them than how many shirts they have in their closet. It's an inevitable fact. His task is getting everyone else on board. Mint is one way of doing that. A lot of the conversations that we schedule are about the digital frontier, Mustafa said. I would say Mint has a really good ability to just absolutely demolish the door. As soon as there's any hesitation, the door is just kicked wide open. Both parties were quick to clarify that the underlying IP for Mint is owned by Mustafa, not FaZe. The company's default stance toward employees' side hustles can be characterized as very enthusiastic. If you struggle to imagine why you might need your own green-skinned avatar, consider this scenario. You used to work in an office, and you will again soon, but in the meantime, you've been meeting with your colleagues via video conferencing software, which is laggy and unflattering and all-around miserable to use, at least when you've been glued to it for the past 24 months. You're not pulling on your VR goggles yet, Mustafa conceded. But shouldn't there be a better option than showing your coworkers your tired, unshaven face? Look, I'm staying up till 3 o'clock in the morning and then jumping on a Zoom meeting at 8 o'clock a.m., he said. You don't want to see these bags under my eyes. Here's a digital version of me. The way he put it, using an avatar is somewhere between a more polite version of keeping your camera off and a savvy investment in the future. If we're going to interact in these metaverses, I would like to be pulling up in the Ferrari of avatars rather than some pixel art, he said. Why not have full hair dynamics and stuff simulated and figured out right now so that they're ready later? Later being, obviously, the point at which we're all interacting in the metaverse. This stance, like so many held by FaZe employees, requires a bone-deep certainty that the world will change, and in one very specific way, that we will begin to live ever larger portions of our lives in the digital realm, and that doing so will be pleasurable enough that we won't put up a fight. Or rather, we might put up a fight. But FaZe fans who've developed deep parasocial relationships with their favorite creators rooted entirely in the digital realm, won't. The company is betting on it. I'll admit to having felt a slight thrill as I listened to Mustafa pontificate about his post-human future between sips of his vape. As soon as I can upload my consciousness, I'm gone. You'll never see this body again. It's a waste of time. I have to maintain it, not eat gluten or whatever. What? It doesn't make any sense. Beyond that, Spending a little bit of time in FaZe's world made it hard to shake the feeling that we're on the verge of seismic technological and cultural change. And while it seems more likely than not that this change will be affected largely by and for the benefit of very wealthy stakeholders, we're still going. Somewhere. And the people I met at FaZe seem to have, if not a clearer sense of where that somewhere was, at least a confidence that they'll be the people to get us there. We're first-generation internet kids, pioneers, Bankston told me. It's our job. Again, to write the fucking script. We'll do it first and it'll be in the fabric of everyone's life. You play video games, whether you know it or not. Everything's a fucking video game. Life is a video game. Your whole life is gamified. Everybody's life is gamified. We just built a business off the back of that. All of the spoils. The massive audience. The cavernous office. The watches and sports cars and mansions. The whole content operation. were byproducts. Basically of a life lived on the bleeding edge of digital culture. Everyone I spoke with was enthusiastic about where phases pointed, but I don't know that I could call any of them optimistic exactly. They seemed to understand, deeply, that change is inevitable. But they also seemed to intuit that, though opportunity for wealth and fame seems closer than ever, change doesn't necessarily mean progress. Mustafa, in making his case for the metaverse, 
outlined a scenario in which augmented reality might allow a family living in, say, a smog-choked metropolis, to fill its windows with a view of the Maldives. The way you feel about the future phases imagining, I began to realize, depends an awful lot on how you see the present. Ready Player One. That shit's happening and I think it's super exciting, Bankston told me in the phase warehouse. Talk had turned to the metaverse. Bankston suggested that Steven Spielberg's 2018 film provided a helpful vision for our lives inside. If you haven't seen Ready Player One, it's about a young man living in a dystopian near-future Ohio where residents, seeking to escape grinding poverty, take refuge and make money in a virtual reality universe. This, as Bankston saw it, was a good thing. It'll give people freedom, man, he said. I blanched. I'd seen the film. I didn't understand it to be an endorsement of the metaverse so much as a half-baked critique of it. I said as much. Tave Cooperman, Bankston and Oliveira's manager and Faze's VP of marketing, assured me that I'd misunderstood the movie's message. If you think about it, the actual plot of the whole movie is, you can come from the gutter and play in that video game. Chelsea Northern, the company's head of communications, finished his thought and still influenced the world for the better, because at the end, he decides to shut it down for a couple of days so people aren't that fucked up. The goal is to make it better. I've thought about this moment maybe once a day, every day since it happened. Three people roughly my age, by any accounting, vastly better equipped for the economy of the future than I am, insisting that the evidently horrific world of a bottom-tier Spielberg movie was in fact a utopia. With time, I began to see what I'd initially clocked as the cynicism of various phase figures as... Instead, a kind of measured pragmatism. If you grew up playing video games, it was no great sacrifice to substitute in-person interaction for in-game socializing. If you'd spent hours collecting power-ups and skins while playing those games, then buying NFTs wouldn't seem like much of a scam at all. If employment seemed increasingly hard to come by in the real world, life in the virtual creator economy beckoned. And if you'd been born into a world of rising seas and increasing temperatures, taking up residence in the metaverse might even begin to seem appealing. I don't know if FaZe Clan will revolutionize entertainment, or if it will indeed merrily lead us all into our brave new future, but I think I know what I'm supposed to take away from Ready Player One. I'm not particularly excited to enter the metaverse, but I also know that it might not matter in the long run. The goal is to make it better. I made my way down the large AstroTurf staircase and headed out into the sleepy Los Angeles afternoon. I lingered on the sidewalk for a moment, the sun warming my skin, and then I went home. That brings us to the end of today's article, Phase Clan's Grand Plans, Part 2. If you want to learn more about Airs LA and the types of programs we offer, follow us by clicking on any of the social media links at the top of our webpages. If you like what you see or hear, please click the like button. This podcast is for the sole use of our blind, low vision, and print impaired listeners. Any unauthorized use is prohibited. I'm Ernesto Sambrano, and I'll be back soon with another article. Thanks for listening.